0: Welcome to Quantum, the podcast every STEM student should be listening to, covering everything from what's going on in the world of science, interviewing people from with STEM majors and what they have got on to do to talking about finance careers and business. In the last episode, we interviewed Vigo Ray. He was the first guest on this podcast. I was very excited to finally have a guest on. He is the man behind Nordic ants. He talked a lot about kind of the unique side of his channel and why he is doing actually so well, and I would definitely say it's an episode worth listening to. I think the, the episode also kind of coincided with launching this podcast more publicly, so I just want to say hello to all the new listeners and I hope you enjoy this episode. So, to, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to focus on passive income, but not in the way you might think, because you know, if You probably like whenever someone talks about passive income on like a channel or like a podcast, oftentimes they talk about how great it is and all that. But I think that is actually most commonly the way it's, you know, most commonly presented, it doesn't exist. You know, it's kind of a myth. So before we can get off with that, we have to define it. Then I'm going to give you an example of one kind of form of passive income that I do believe is kind of possible, but it's, you know, still on the edge, in my opinion. And then I'm going to cover a few examples of the common passive income methods and while well, they're actually not passive income methods at all so let's jump straight into it so as i said we're going to get started off with talking about what is passive income the way it's most commonly kind of presented well you know passive income means it's it's income that is passive and it's the word passive that you we, you know really need to focus on so essentially what it's saying is you're making money without really doing anything Now, that doesn't mean that there's no initial work. Like It can absolutely require some initial work. But once it's set up, you don't have to work on it anymore. And, of course, something that would kind of break the passive income stereotype is if you pay someone else to do it for you. So, I don't know, say you have a trust fund and you're paying some fees for someone else to manage that trust fund. That's no longer really passive income because you're paying someone else to do all the work for you if you own a company that you've you know set up and is well actually a company is a bad example but let's say you have you have an you know someone that you bring on that works for you that you pay to make you money while you do other stuff and like let's say you figure out hey i want to do amazon drop shipping as my passive income but you then pay someone else to do all the work I would argue that's no longer really passive income, that's just running a business where you've automated it to a point where it doesn't really need you. And honestly, even in those cases, you're still going to need to do something because you have to deal with the employee. So just generally, I would say, let's just stick to the definition of you're not paying someone else to do the work for you. Now, the one example, as I mentioned, there's one that I would say is kind of real passive income, and that would be investing into an index ETF. So what an index ETF is, it's an exchange-traded fund. So it means you can just buy into it the same way you would buy shares of Apple. And it tracks some index, like the S&P 500, uh, the FTSE 100, the Nikkei... I don't remember the number at the end of it. But, you know, all these kind of major indexes around the world for a lot of the economies. Because, you know, the global economy usually grows. And long-term, it has basically always grown. If you you know if you if you have a long enough outlook, the market and the global economy always grows. So, investing into them, you'll be making some kind of return. I think the average return right now is around like nine percent or ten percent, something like that. That's estimated. There's kind of discussions around that number of percent because you have to account for a whole bunch of variances. But like let's say eight to ten percent is kind of the standard. So. That is about as passive as you get, because you take a bunch of money, you put it in, and then you never have to kind of think about it. You get some returns in the form of the percentage, and you're kind of set for it. That's about as passive as it can get. Thing is, you still technically pay someone to do stuff for you, because those ETFs have some fees. Now, you know, it's an ETF that tracks an index, so the fees are basically negligible. But nevertheless, you do still pay a fee. So you can kind of argue, well, is it really kind of there? But I think the reality of the fact is that because these fees are so negligible, it, the, the, like I, I wouldn't really count them because compared to the effort and all that of all the other examples of the kind of stereotypical ones, it's nothing, right? And I do want to kind of take a side note here because I am, you know, quite, my background is quite a bit in finance, have a business that operates in financial sector. So... I just think this is cool and a lot of people don't know about this. But ETFs are actually very tax efficient. You know, like think about if you set up a bot that would just track an index for you. So it buys and sells shares and all that so your portfolio matches some index. That's automated. You pay some market fees, but you know, that's just operating cost that you're not really paying someone else to do the work for you. And, you know, it, it does a lot of stuff for you. The issue there is the tax efficiency of it. So, like, if you're do, if you're trying to automate tracking and you know uh, an index on your own, then whenever you sell or buy a share, you know that's kind of closing and opening new positions and all that, which has a lot of tax implications. You have to get an accountant to do a lot of the work. But the benefit of an ETF and why actually ETFs are really fucking cool is that you don't need to like you when you buy an ETF. That's one transaction. And then the closing date, when you kind of exit that position, isn't as the ETF kind of moves around its shares and buys some Apple or sells some Apple because it went down and then buys some Tesla and moves around stuff to keep track of the index. Because you're just buying into the ETF and that's just one transaction, then the periods of the capital gains tax impact of it is based on when you leave and exit that ETF position, which is kind of cool, kind of beneficial. So I think... Uh, You know, that's something to kind of consider just outside of the passive income. Just if you're trading, if you're investing, ETFs have kind of nice tax bonuses as far as how they work. So that's something you can kind of maybe use. All right. Now let's talk about the stereotypical passive income things that, you know, you see in every second ad on YouTube. Honestly, the amount of passive income ads I get or, you know, that I see people get is ridiculous. It's honestly, hey, someone gets out of a BMW i8. Like, okay, first of all, come on. What kind of what kind of a fucking car is that? Like, come on. You know, I, I, know, I know it looks good and it's all pretty. But if you want to, like, <sighs> all right, you know what? Let's not get into a rant about the BMW i8 and if it's good or not and all that. But basically, the stereotypical fucking passive income ad is horrible. I hate them so much because they, like, the thing is, clearly they work. You know, because so many people run those kinds of ads and there's so many of those ads out there, they clearly have to have some efficiency, have to have kind of, they have to work to some extent, otherwise people would stop doing them. And I have to say that kind of bothers me because all the time those past income ads are always to some course. Those people sell a ridiculously expensive course and most of the time it's, it doesn't really help. And you can Google a ton of that stuff for free because there's people who are putting all that stuff out for free. And I don't know. It's just something that really kind of bothers me uh, when I see it. But, you know, it's, it's part of life. And I'm sure people will eventually kind of get used to it. be like, oh, yeah, that's just bullshit. On the other hand, you know, spam calls still work with these, you know, scammer be like, oh, your IRS refund. You got to get us Amazon gift cards or something like that. Still works, so I guess you know. There's always going to be someone who falls for the, you know, for these. I I guess I could call them scams because I, I really do feel like they're scams, but uh, it depends. They're selling a course. It's 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 what it is. But let's talk about these specific examples. So, the one that you all must know and love from every ad is Amazon dropshipping, or just any kind of dropshipping. Well, I would say that is absolutely not passive income. Because one of the kind of conditions for me to, for, for, you know, selling to passive income is that you don't have to kind of work for it, you know, after you've set it up. And if you are, you know, if you're doing dropshipping or something, you have to make sure you're selling the current products. You might set it up and then it might work for like a year. Maybe, maybe you are do a great product that's very lasting. So if it works for a few years, but you need to rotate those items out. You need to adjust what you're selling. You need to change stuff up and as such like you could you still have to work on it you still have to adjust what items you're actually selling you might have to deal with settling the money and all that so there's definitely still quite a bit of work involved and especially if you're not doing amazon drop shipping and just doing normal drop shipping then oh god is there absolutely work involved and i'm going to talk about this you know the importance of marketing shit like this a lot And, you know, with dropshipping, you need to kind of get people to your website or to your store, wherever you're selling it, if it's not on Amazon. And that means marketing and that means work. And if it is through Amazon, like they're not going to put the item all the way at the top if they have more reputable sellers. So once again, you know, you're going to either need something super niche or you're going to you're going to need some kind of an edge and to maintain an edge that requires work. You know, you can have the most cutting-edge company out there with the most amazing technology, but eventually they will lose that edge. That's the beauty of competition in the market. And that's why, you know, completely passive income like this will never work, no matter if you're the most high-end company with the most amazing patent, that they eventually someone will find a better solution and take away their edge. Or if you have a drop shipping store where you're just selling stuff, right? It's just There's there's always an edge to lose, so you always have to keep working on it. Another very stereotypical one, and I actually find this one absolutely hilarious, is teaching paid courses. Like, think about it. You get an ad on YouTube of a guy selling a course on how to sell courses. Hey, like, I you know, at least he's doing something he's good at, like oh they're good at, right? So, eh, fair enough. But I, I would say that still needs a lot of work yeah, you built the course and all that, and that's a ton of work. But I mean like the continued work. Nobody's going to buy your course if they don't know about you. So again, just like with drop shipping, you need marketing, you need a brand. So, you know, if you're a well-known YouTuber or you have, you have a kind of a brand established around you, then absolutely teaching paid courses can work. But if you know you still need to build that brand, and that's a ton of work. If you don't, if you don't have that already, and even then, just maintaining that brand will be a ton of work. So again, that's ap- that's something that absolutely isn't passive. But I do want to kind of say one thing here that, like, esp- like actually not but but additionally, with those courses, you really need to make sure the course is really good. Because you can have, like, okay, maybe you can get 20, 30, 40 people buying it, but then people will search for reviews. What do other people think about it? What happened? And if you don't have good word of mouth and you don't have a good reputation as far as the quality of your courses, nobody's going to want them. And additionally, you're like, if you do a shitty course and then sell it for a ridiculous amount of money, I don't think, like, That point is it a scam? I I would say kind of is. It's kind of on the edge of a scam because you're charging people way too much for something that's that will be pretty useless to them. So I would say it's a ton of responsibility to put out a quality course, especially if it's paid, and you will need to put a lot of work into making sure you have a brand and build the brand and maintain the brand, which is continuous and as such not passive. Now another one. This is more of a classic passive income example, which is. Basically every MLM, so those are basically just pyramid schemes, which are first of all the scam most of the time. So that's not great. But also, it requires a ton of work because a lot of the times those MLMs are oh go sell this or go sell that to other clients and blah blah blah. Right? If you're selling it off to someone else, if you're uh you know let's say you're some health product that you're selling, you're some Supplements that you're selling, right? Because that's kind of the stereotype of M- these MLMs. Well, in those cases, you're gonna have to work to actually sell them. That's gonna be a you know a considerate amount of effort. Or if you're not gonna work for it to actually literally sell them, you need a brand that you can go with. As such, absolutely not passive. What about normal investing? You know, that's the about least. Okay, that's one of the two least scammy thing, uh, scammy things on here. Well, actually, the last three are not scammy. They're just I don't know the ads for them are scammy, uh, but the normal investing, right? Normal investing, great solution. Like one of the things that people actually do uh, make a good amount of money on, and it's something everyone should do. And you're probably doing it already with your retirement. And yeah, it you know it, it can be not that much work, but you still need to do a decent amount of stuff with it. You know, either you put it in some fund and someone else manages it for you, in which case you're paying someone, so that doesn't really count as these kind of stereotypical passive incomes. Or you need to do all the risk management. You need to pick stocks. you probably going to have more money. Like, you need to, like, let's say you have a standard portfolio, right? You need to adjust what's in it with time because new companies will come up old companies will die, financials of the companies will change, some investments will no longer make sense while others start to make sense. And you need to make these adjustments, right? You, it, it's, it's work, right? You still need to do stuff. And as such, once again, as sad as I am to say this because I love investing and I love trading and I think it should be, you know, everyone should at least be investing if they have any money to spare at all, then... It's still not passive. It still takes some work. Now, it can be not that much work, but it's still work. And as such, not passive income. Next one on the list. The last, you know, last two, basically, we're getting to just renting property. Oh, God. Whoever thought renting property was passive income? I I have to tell you, like, seeing, you know, seeing rental property and how much work that is. It's a fucking full time job at a certain point if you scale it up enough, because you need to do maintenance work. You need to organize things. You need to go to the property. You need to put work into getting it rented. Because yeah, you might have an agent which rent, you know does all the viewings and a lot of that for you, but you still have to sign off on the on the renters, and then they might have into issues. So you need to get someone to do the maintenance work. You know they they might not pay their you know bill or uh, sorry rent some months or something, and you're going to run into issues, there's going to be work. It's absolutely not passive unless you pay a property manager to do this for you, which will firstly, quite notably, cut back into how much you're getting from the rent if you have only a small amount of properties. And more importantly, again, you're paying someone else to do all the work, and as such, not really passive income. Now, the last, you know, the last one, because I, I did Google around quite a bit to kind of find all these because I wanted to have all the stereotypical ones is, like, I found this one, I, w- I couldn't help but laugh, is YouTube channel. Apparently, having a YouTube channel is passive income now. No, I'm sorry, but look at anyone successful on YouTube. The amount of work they put in, constantly posting content every day or every week or every month, constantly working, 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 that is just not passive. Yeah, it can be a side hustle, you know, you can do it on the side, but in no way, shape, or form is it passive. It's so much work to do YouTube videos or podcasts or anything. Actually, I don't know. I feel like podcasts can be kind of easy going, all right, because this podcast takes me about an hour a day to work, to do. But that's still, like, that's an hour a day. And I have, you know, I'm just starting. And if it scales up, maybe it'll take more time. I'll probably have to get people to do some of this for me because I do other things. And as such, I think any kind of like this content production it's so a youtube channel instagram podcast and any of this that apparently is passive income is absolutely not passive income because you need to produce content and posting content takes work so it is everything else but passive so just to kind of conclude because there's so many other examples that we can go over and i, I do want to say one thing if you have an example that is truly passive please tell me about it because i would love to be proven wrong on this there's so many cases that I've seen of this kind of passive income and it's not really passive income. It takes far more work than is ever presented in all this marketing and of all these things. So if you have or know of a genuine passive income, you know, send me a tweet. It's my Twitter handle is in the description. Sorry, my Twitter handle is in the description or send it as a voice note through Anchor and I'm going to play it during the next episode because I would love to know about a genuine passive income because it would be really cool. But now to conclude, you know, no income is really passive. You know, yes, you can automate it to some extent and reduce the effort it takes, but it will never be effortless, right? The effort like to, to actually making pa- you know income is, a, is is the is kind of built on the effort you put in the foundation you already have th- that you're kind of working from and then the money you put in. It will directly correspond to how much income you make. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, two people putting in the same amount of effort, having a similar foundation, putting a similar amount of money will make the exact same amount of money because the circumstances can change. One gonna get, you know, lucky, I guess, and make a bit more. But in your situation, in the exact identical situation, the effort and the foundation and the money will directly correspond to how much you make. Now, the effort doesn't have to be you know, literally just working more. It can be uh, kind of working towards understanding so you can make it more efficient, stuff like this. But at the end of the day, in the majority of cases, it will come down to this pattern. So if you want income without working, then you'll have to pay the price somewhere else, right? Either you have to put a lot more money in or you have to, you know, basically, there, there's no, like, there's, it's basically like there's nothing like a free lunch. It always comes to something. You either put the money in, you put the time in, or you use the foundation you have, right? Because some people have trust funds from their family. That's, you know, that's about that's pretty, kind of, that's income. They don't have to really work for. Uh, so I guess, you know, that's that's the foundation. Other people might have just made a lot of money in the past, so they invest a lot of it, and they don't have to work that much. Well, again, that's the money you put in. Someone else, they might not have that much money, they might not have that much of a foundation, but they might work like crazy for 10 years, and they build up to a point where they can not work as much and have a decent income. So it's always a combination of these three from from what I've seen as far as how much income you can have. Now, opportunities, you know, opportunities will come, which will greatly boost what you can do with one or another. But that's, you know, that's kind of luck. You know, I I don't want to say it's literally luck, but don't don't rely on the opportunities that come to really build this out. Use those opportunities to give you a boost so, you know, you have a better foundation when you're kind of, when you're building. But at the end of the day, you still have to work for it. There's... nothing will come for free no passive income will ever be completely effortless and so it will never be really passive income so i think i'm going to end off my rambling here because i really could complain about this for a long long time and i could give a hundred other examples of that i've seen because i uh, when googling i cut down quite a bit to focus really on the main ones So thank you for listening. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a rating. It would be greatly appreciated. If you have any feedback at all, or specifically the example for passive income, you can reach me on Twitter, which is at Quantum2. So it's the name of this podcast with the number two at the end, or through Anchor. Both of those are in the description of this podcast and Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. So thank you very much. I hope you have a lovely day. Bye.